0: What's going on, everybody? Sam Brown here with episode 11 of the In Between Sets podcast. This episode, as always, is brought to you by Practice Movement and Recovery. PracticeMovement.com for all of your online coaching, uh, programming, consultation needs. If it has to do with training and it's a question you may have, or if you want to get just better performance on the platform, feel better doing it, please let me know. Uh, PracticeMovement.com is the only sponsor for this podcast. So, And it's me. So that's pretty cool. Um, On this episode, this is episode 11 of In Between Sets podcast. And I got to sit down with the amazing, powerful Amber Hansen. Amber is a record setting uh, powerlifter, not only raw, but also in gear. She has a Amazing, crazy fucking numbers, just unreal numbers. She squatted 800 pounds in multiply. She's deadlifted 556 in multiply. Um, her raw numbers are absolutely insane. She squatted 529 in wraps uh, with a 341 bench. I think that's her, her best raw in, co- in competition at the American Pro there. 341 bench and a 545 pole. Absolutely unbelievable. Not only one of the strongest women on the planet, she truly is one of the best, uh, most amazing athletes, but also teammates and training partners. I was lucky enough not only to have a conversation with her, but to be able to train with her for a few months uh, when I was at Elite for the last few months I was in Ohio. So I got to have some really cool conversations with her. Uh, I really needed to get her on the podcast and kind of talk to her more in depth about her training, about her philosophies, about her history, about what she thinks about the sport, about jumping from raw to uh, multiply back to raw and like all the nerdy shit that that's entailed. So we go into a lot of specifics when it comes to her training, how she's been able to be so strong for so long and to how she incorporates a lot of the other things she does, like shit roller derby and like Olympic weightlifting. And just, uh, she is an absolute top tier athlete. She's a top tier coach and she is an absolute amazing human being all, all around. So just like with everybody else I have on the show, uh, this is a conversation that you do not want to miss and you want to make sure that you write notes because she is, like I had mentioned, one of the strongest women on the planet one of the greatest people in terms of just her ability to connect with her teammates and her training partners and to just be a really good uh, shepherd for the sport of powerlifting and to be able to help all those around her. So as I kind of mentioned before, um, this episode is amazingly cool, amazingly important, and I know you'll get a ton out of it. So enough talking from me. I hope you enjoy this episode. This is episode number 11 of the In Between Sets podcast with the amazing Amber Hansen. Press it on the other one. I think I think we're good. <laughs> I, oh, I, think, I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, according to all of the numbers flashing at me, I think we're doing a good <laughs> job. Hi, Amber. How are you? I'm so good, Sam. How are you? Oh, you know, just living the dream out here in beautiful Rhode Island. I know. We missed you. Yeah. How has training been going? It's been going.
1: Um, I've had like a bunch of travel coming up or recently, so I haven't been at Elite for a couple of weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it's been going pretty well. Um, just kind of doing a lot of like off season stuff plus prepping bench only meat. Yeah.
0: That's, that's one of the things I've really wanted to deep dive into with you is you do fucking everything. And it's so cool to see, right? Like one day you'll, you'll be doing like fucking Olympic weightlifting stuff. And then you'll be like, just doing these hand walks across beams and shit. Like you get, you're just kind of all over the place. And for, for those who don't know is like, you're making very athletic things look very, very easy. And you're making non athletes like, like myself and the rest of the crew that we train with being like, yo, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) I'm always like, I'll see something crazy athletic. And I'm like, my toxic trait is I think I can do that right now. Like I
0: go do Well, like you, you, then you just go and do the thing. And then there, there we it's, are scratching our heads, being like, "How the fuck is that a thing?" So, have you always had that? I mean, like roller derby, like you're doing it, literally all the things. And so, like, where did that start? Like, what kind of got you into this sort of this sort of uh, list of activities?
1: I I've always been like super active,
0: and I've always just
1: kind of like. If there was something that I thought was interesting and that I wanted to do, I was like, I'm going to do it because A, my body's going to let me do it right now. And I don't know how long that's going to last. <laughs> so I'm going to take advantage of the things that I can do that I enjoy doing on top of like working towards those goals. Cause like there is a method to the madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there has been steady progression since my first contest was it like 2016 Till now even though I do a little bit of all of the things
0: so to give those listening uh, a little bit of a background where did you kind of get your start in competing so I um
1: I played roller derby <clears throat> excuse me out in New Mexico and I was like it would be way better if I was stronger so I could push people around easier. <laughs> sure. So I started doing like squat benching and deadlift, lots of like bro work, hypertrophy, bodybuilding stuff, and then I moved. I got stationed in at Wright Pat in Dayton, Ohio, and then I found the Dirty Gym there, and that was like a traditional barbell club. So rolled in there, wanted to do that, and they were like, "You're gonna powerlift." I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna powerlift." And then I was in my first meet like a couple months later, but like I always had that like lifting background kind of because I played a lot of sports in high school. And then uh, my dad was a power lifter too, and so was my uncle. So they were, they kind of rubbed off on me, even though I didn't do it as much when I was younger, because I was like, "I don't want to get too bulky." Like, um... (laughs) that's not for girls.
0: Well, you thought it's it's so it's cool to see because I mean my girlfriend, Sarah, she's a a really strong powerlifter too. So like, I have a lot of women in my, in my circle. I trained with you. I I trained with her now. And like the, the females in the sport doing what they're doing, like, yo, what the fuck? Like, like, holy shit.
1: It is so cool. Like just skyrocketing and it's not slowing down, like Mm -hmm. exponential increase of like Breaking through those numbers and stuff like that—that that we never thought were possible. Like, three fifteen is the new two twenty-five. Two twenty-five was the new one thirty-five in raw bench. Like,
0: and crazy. It, it and it is, and it's and it's funny. A little side story before, like my last one of my last days, you were benching, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna like. Before I even knew you were coming, I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna fucking bench. It's gonna fucking have some fun. And then you got there and like, you know what? I may bench another day. <laughs> It's like son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, Dave
1: was fucking with me one of those times too and he's like, I can't let you beat me. Yeah, right. And that like their band shirts and stuff. Uh-huh. It's was
0: really
1: funny. We were doing like board work, but man, like working out with the, them guys is so much fun.
0: It's fucking weird. It's like wild. It's 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 like such a different sort of I mean, you got the old heads, you got Dave, you got Todd, you got even like old man Tom who's 175 years old like you got like just a different cast of characters all throughout there and it's very cool and I give you props you, you walked right in and like you fit in just um it, we connected on some stupid like meme thing and all of a sudden I was like no we're best friends like this is how this works yeah
1: you want to go do karate in the Go. so yeah you, so
0: you always kind of had that sort of uh, you said, you mentioned the dirty gym, you mentioned like just how you've always trained, like y- your uncle was a powerlifter. Mm-hmm. Like you just, it's like, you just connect well with that sort of environment. Yeah, definitely.
1: Like uh, the way I grew up, um, dad, dad was a Marine and powerlifter, And like, I was always kind of push, maybe not out of my comfort zone. Cause I don't think it was ever a comfort zone issue, but I was always encouraged to, to do the things that I wanted to do. And I gravitated towards like competition and strength and like being a big, strong girl. So that like when I found powerlifting, I'm like, cool, this is where big, strong girls are. go. I want to be here.
0: <laughs> and and <laughs> it was just And, and strong is an understatement. We need to kind of go over some of these fucking numbers you're throwing around. Because it's not – and there are some people that are like, oh, well, it's strong for a woman. No, 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 no. We're talking it's fucking strong for a human. Like there, a lot of the things that you're doing is, is you, you're competing with men in the fucking the same weight classes. Like you're beating everybody. It's not just like it's a woman thing. You're beating a – it's a human thing, and it's so cool to see. And I was talking to Travis Rogers, and your name came up. We were talking. Travis. He's so cool. Like I, we're – we're like super best friends now too. Like we're like we're like I, I told him the other day I was like we're gonna play dress up in gear again. Uh <laughs> I saw so excited.
1: God. Um tell me when it's happening. I wanna I will drive. I don't care.
0: So let's go over some of your numbers. Raw, because you've done raw, you've done equipped, you've done all sorts of shit.
1: Okay. Um raw, my best wrapped squat is 530 or 529. I'm gonna be bad with the kilos here, just all <laughs> like off the bat. Sleeved is I think 475, that was like two years ago, mm-hmm. and then my raw bench is 341, and then my raw deadlift is 545. Um, that's the raw side. So I just I just competed in American Pro. Yep. I shit the watts it was oh well, the equipped lifters squatted high. Imagine that. <laughs>
0: Thanks, internet.
1: <laughs> anyway, no, no. I usually, don't I get that shit. Thankfully, and that's one of the reasons why I do both. Because you know, people like stole equipped lifters will always get the, Well, what can they do wrong? Which is a stupid question to begin with. But I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you. Oh, so that's on open powerlifting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll we'll figure it out.
1: it up. Um, and then, and then multiply. Mm, I love me some multiply. Uh, squat was. Uh, 800 bench, <laughs> and then I think my best deadlift was like 556. Last the last time I did a multiply meet, I just pulled raw because it wasn't that different than my raw, and I hadn't quite I haven't quite figured out raw or equipped deadlifting yet.
0: Yeah, that's it's a it's a whole different thing. And and to be fair to the people that we I train with at Elite, not many people fucking figured it out there either. <laughs>
1: Like it's just so squat, like you can get so much out of that gear. Same thing with bench and you can like technique your way through it and become like a very good detail and like get more out of it. With deadlift, there's only so much you can get out of pulling a bar off the floor with like the straps and the hip tightness and things like that. So I don't know if you look at the disparities between like, the raw side and the equipped side, if you look at a squat, like, those are going to be hundreds of pounds on the elite side. Same thing with the bench. And then deadlift, like, you'll be lucky. There's, like, 100 pounds on
0: Yeah. And, and with a squat, I, what I'm even noticing, right, is, is like, if you set the suit different, it's like, oh, this feels like shit. And, but, like, with a deadlift, it's like, oh, that's not moving at all. Right. But this is a, like shit no matter what. <laughs> So how did you get into geared lifting? What where was the where was the point the jumping off point? Um, I'd
1: always been interested in it um, and I I was really fortunate cuz I showed up at the Dirty Gym which my coach and the owner he's a West Side guy, he trained there for I don't I don't remember how long, but he had all the knowledge and everything that had to do with gear. There were a couple other geared lifters, like single ply guys there. And then my training partner at the time, Casey Stroke, was like, I want to do an equipped meet. And she had some more experience in it it than I did. And I just basically was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it with you. So then I threw it on, threw on a pair of briefs for the first time in our jank-ass, like, automatic mono that was, like, welded together by some member. I missed that thing. Did some box squats and a pair of, like, pumpkin metal briefs and was like, this, um, this is it. This is my shit. (laughs) it was so much fun. And then we just, I trained for, I think North of the border Laura's meat it was my first equipped meat.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's so funny. We have very similar stories with that. Like it, it's Dave literally threw me in orange, like just traditional orange metal shit. And he's like, what do you waiting?" Yeah. Like? He was like, I was like, ah, oh, like at the time I was like, man, eh, 210 He's like, all right, where are these? I was like, Whew. and I just like slipped them on all the way up to my nipples and I'm just like, I don't think these. Fit, I don't think these fit, Dave. We'll like, yeah, be all right. And it's I, fine. Or the raw. Oh, for sure. But it's, it's interesting, right? Because strength is strength, and for those who don't compete in multiply, a fucking 800 pound squat is, what? Like, holy shit! That's insane. It was pretty. Yeah, and it and and I think it's one of those things too that. It, People don't appreciate the fact that it's like okay, you still have to unrack that fucking thing. You still and you got to take it for a ride.
1: You do. You definitely have to take it for a ride. Yeah, that's the, the it's just it's so different, and to, for to explain it to someone who has never experienced it, it's really hard.
0: Really, really hard. Yeah i i I'm starting now. Uh, my girlfriend and I are, are training at a new gym out here that uh they're all they're pretty much all raw like they they have a big tradition of raw lifters and like there i am in my fucking sdp the other night on bench day just like walking around <laughs> and they're like they like they what want to be yeah right i'm just like looking around looking <laughs> like a fucking oaf. <laughs> but like it, it's it's so funny it gear has this impact on people it goes it goes like one of two ways people like what the fuck is that that looks ridiculous the other people are like how how much can you get out of that thing it's like what are you doing over Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and yeah i found the times
1: so we have a lot like a big raw presence now at the dirty gym like after covid that was kind of the surge and then when i was in virginia at unleashed it was in equipment there was really like five of us as a whole but the the cool thing was is that everyone was like the community was really cool and even the raw guys showed interest because they're curious even if they never want to touch it but like have a level of like just being a decent human and not a doucher that speaks in absolutes and they'll they'll ask questions and they'll be like oh okay that's cool and then it's a respect thing like you do your thing i'm not interested in it but i get how it's it's neat
0: and, it, and it's funny because uh, with things like slingshots and slingsings and bench daddies and all this stuff and Rob Pharrell stuff, right? Yeah. So we have a bunch of broken old meatheads at the new gym, and they brought the slingshots out. I was like, you know what? My buddy Rob has some stuff that you may want to try. So we're going to be getting some, some like bench I- shirts and all sorts of stuff coming in.
1: No, that's another reason why I love gear so much. And another thing that I attribute to, I've never been injured seriously, knock on fucking wood. Um, but going back and forth between raw and gear, cause raw chews me up quite a bit, but then throwing those layers, those protective layers on just to keep compression, but still being able to train the movements and get that overload. I feel like that was one of the secret sauces of not getting fucked up a bunch
0: And I I agree with you, right, that going from I went from uh, multiply back to strongman, back to multiply. And I'm finding that the the fact that you're just holding so much weight in your hands or on your back, there's nothing that gives you that intimidation factor when you go back to to like lifting raw again. Like in strongman, I'm like, I have to put 275 over my head. I'm like, uh, okay, cool. Like, let's. Like, it's it doesn't have that same sort of like. Oh, that's heavy. It's like, listen, motherfucker, I had 600 pounds in my over my face. Like, mm-hmm. yep. Like, what the fuck? So, how how do you kind of incorporate going like you like you're bouncing from literally one to the next, like back and forth? Mm-hmm. How do you kind of incorporate these things? You said you work with a coach, right?
1: Yeah. So my coach, we have a four year plan. So we work in Olympiads. And that has been a really cool thing instead of just going like peak to peak or meet to meet, of looking at it, overarching, like super big picture and what we want to accomplish in that four years and then walking it back to where we're at now and like setting milestones and all those things. And we have, we had planned in, okay, we're going to do a raw meat in this time. We don't, might not be sure what meat it is. Um, And then we're going to switch. We're going to take a little time off. We're going to get back to like GPP, hypertrophy, um, get back in shape. And then we're going to get back into gear. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to train that. We're going to peak for a meet. And then we're going to come off and maybe do Olympic weightlifting. Maybe mess around with the Highland Games. Maybe do something that just kind
0: of resets everything. And then we'll start a raw type of thing. And so so that reset is, is... that's a cool way of putting it because I never really kind of thought about it in that regard It's like Highland games make so much sense to fill in that void. Cause it's nothing's over like, what is it? 52 pounds? Like, yeah, it's just about moving well, moving quick and just being conditioned yeah. enough to do those things repetitive, uh, repeatedly over the course of a day. So to kind of balance that out, like that's a super smart idea. Yeah.
1: It's worked really well. Cause I don't, like the term deload is widely recognized and people know what that means. They know what a deload is. They know what off season is, but it's more of like, I do like the term reset and it's with something that is gonna keep my interest and is going to benefit the big goal in the long run, but also not tear me apart. And like working on like something like Highland games, um, like speed, strength and, being quick and all of the and the, the technique that's involved, that that throwing is so freaking hard. All of those events are so difficult. And so like that keeps my brain engaged. That helps translate to like proprioception, where you are in time and space, because that's really important in equip lifting.
0: You <laughs> so are, it all kind of You are preaching. Tra- yeah. Preaching yeah. to the choir. That's that's phenomenal because it, it is. It, and Luckily enough, I got to see it while I was training with you, while I was your training partner. But, like, even adjusting little things of your gear, like this needs to be a little tighter, this needs to be a little higher, if you don't have that ability to kind of perceive the environment around you, you're, it's mm-hmm. so many variables that are out of your control, right? And that's, that's one thing that I've, I've, I've heard you on another podcast and just who you are as an athlete. Like, you try to control everything that you can control leading up to a situation. So in terms of your training and nutrition, like you must be just fucking locked in. Like having that four year plan must be just like almost a sense of relief to be like, yep, this is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean, it it is still pretty fluid. Mm -hmm. Like we make changes all the time, but that's one of the things like, I've come to accept, because I used to be super like regimented and this needs to be this way. And if I go off the path, then everything's screwed and I'm never going to make anything. And I've learned over the years to just kind of go with it. And if we got to call an audible, then we do that. And, or if we got to, we had to do that in my prep for the American pro. What I was doing was not working. It was hurting me and it was just tanking everything. So we totally had to change it up come at it with a different approach and it was fine once we figured out what was wrong. So it's still really like, I don't want to say trial and error cause it's all based off of like super training, mm-hmm. but, um, it's still, still pretty varied.
0: Yeah. Like you're kind of keeping everything under the umbrella of an end goal, but within yep. that you can make modifications day to day, week to week to kind of help facilitate that over the long term
1: for sure.
0: For sure. Now, in terms of like, I want to get into the nitty gritty because to be able to see you have success going from raw to gear to raw to bench only, like how do you sort of, you don't have to go super crazy <laughs> with it, but like, how do you structure your training week in terms of like, how often do you touch the gear? Like the nerdy shit. Like I'm all about the nerdy shit. the nerdy shit
1: too. And I don't often
0: get like
1: talk about like I talk about it with my coach quite often but that's that's really it like other podcasts that I've been on they want to like it just hasn't been Mm focused which so it it totally depends so like right now I'm in this off season slash bench only prep type of thing and I'm touching that band shirt once a week because it's been a while since I touched it and then it's it's typically four days a week of training and it's I don't want to call it a conjugate split. I like using concurrent periodization better. Mm -hmm. Um, But we got an upper, we got a lower, we got an upper, we got a lower. And those four days, depending on how I feel and how I'm recovering, could be over a seven-day time chunk or up to like a nine- to ten-day time chunk. So I could span those workouts through a regular week or add it a little bit, and then we just kind of like waterfall back into the lineup type of deal Mm -hmm. um and that that's just with the band shirts and that that'll be the same way with anything else um so with the raw stuff obviously I wouldn't be in anything and it would look just like that as well and then in equipment it would be a little bit more like traditional conjugate we would definitely have like a max effort movement um I always have some sort of dynamic effort work and um the max effort stuff like that also isn't always, like, oh, go on a movement. Like, it could be a 10 rep max or a 5 rep max or, um, I don't know, dumbbell floor press for an AMRAP or it could be go max out your Isabel time if I'm in off-season or something like that. Mm. So it's loosely varied. Like, anything could be a max effort. Like, I could go sprint and I could call it a max effort day.
0: Mm. So you're... So, Yeah. And you're using that term correctly. Like you are looking for the effort. The effort is there. And granted, you're not giving less effort on your dynamic days, but the effort is put in the production of speed, right? On those days, Mm -hmm. you're trying to move faster. You're going to be more athletic, whether that's throwing, jumping, lifting fast, whatever that may be lot more volume
1: a lot more repetitions like that's that's for me the meat and potatoes of any program is that dynamic day because that's when you're drilling that's your rehearsal Mm -hmm. that's your like dress rehearsal if you're in gear so I kind of think of it as that that if you're gonna put your briefs on and your suit and you're doing box squats okay I'm dress dress rehearsal like gotta and
0: and that's one of the things that I think people don't understand is that it's it's that level of practice like it really is you have to get in there to practice it but the only difference is you need a certain amount of weight on the bar to be able to practice it like you're going to compete with it right exactly so and that
1: then because you will just get
0: rocked if you do that constantly constantly so that yeah and it's funny because i'm at the point now uh, i'm actually doing the north of the border as well So like, that's, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to be doing that one. It's going to be me fucking Sparky (laughs) old man, Tom and Travis. So we're all competing in that together. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, but it's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and I'm excited to see it because that's, that's what I've heard from so many people. I mean, Laura puts on a hell of a meat and it's just, I mean, from having a conversation with Bane, it sounds, I'm trying to get my girlfriend to do the pro-am. Like I'm trying to get her going. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's and, like
1: a bucket list for any female strength athlete, yeah. women's pro-am.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's so cool to see, like you had said, it's like the, the weight that's being thrown around and the things that are being done in the female ranks are, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. It's very cool. It's like one person. So that's the thing is you'll see some, some like great barrier be crossed. Um, um, I don't know. I don't want to say Leah. Cause no one, but like 800s or the 700s, like first woman to do it, everyone's like, Holy crap. But then the rest of the women that might be within striking distance of that are like, it's possible. I'm not afraid of that number as much, or I'm c- more confident with that number and it's attainable. She just did it. I can do it if I do like play on my cards, right? Oops, sorry. And, um, that's the cool thing. Cause that's happening left and right. And it's really just like opening up the possibilities for other women to be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I'm next.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that sort of situation happened with bench, right? Like you hit six fifteen. yeah I mean-
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah was who who hit the I, I'm pretty sure it was Rayanne who first crossed the boundary and then Rayanne hit it and then Katrina hit it and then I started working with Jimmy and he started getting those band shirts and I was like well, let's let's see what happens and we did like my first day in a two-ply we took like 550 to a two board for like doubles and he's like oh uh, you have to do something with this I was like is that good like is that okay <laughs> I didn't like, I don't know so then we go and then get that. And then the week after it, or not the week after, but like shortly after that, Ann hits it again. I think she hit it at 620 and then she just bumped it up to 625. So it's, it's exciting. Cause like that competition's there. Mm-hmm.
0: And it, and it is cool to see, like, it, it, I, have, like I said, I have a very similar situation in that, in that band shirt. Like I, I had no idea, like, I don't know it's like you jump into it you do a two board you do whatever and you look around you literally said the expression perfectly it's like high score did I break it like I don't know yeah <laughs> is that good <laughs> like I'm like ah okay I-, I can't even half the time we're using fucking quarters only I, <laughs> I don't know even what's on the I- bar anyway I-
1: I love seeing that bar loaded all
0: fucked up like that in the videos. and I'm Cause
1: I'll double take. I'll be like,
0: holy shit. Is that all for you? <laughs> Not even close. If we, all, if we had tens, it'd be all fucking tens. Like, <laughs> so, uh, love it. Uh, so, but getting back to, uh, your training and, and more of the nerdy stuff, like going into one of the things that blows my mind is the whole bench only meet, right? That's something Like you're, you're not just benching all week. Like, I I think that's what, when people hear like bench only or this, they're like, Oh, they must be benching four times a week. It's like, absolutely not. You're continuing training like you normally do. Right. But Mm -hmm. with just the emphasis on the end goal being that what you do in that band shirt.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like that Sunday, those Sundays at elite, that's my dress rehearsal in the band shirt. That's what I'm learning the gear That's literally one of the, and I'll do tricep hypertrophy work after that, like, and for mostly recovery, but that is the specificity day. And then the rest of my days of the week, I have another raw bench day. I've been doing Larson presses. I've been doing heavy dumbbell floor presses. And then the other two lower days, one of them will be like like heavy RDLs or rows, barbell rows. So like a back emphasis day. And then the other day will be like heavy hack squats. I haven't squatted since the American pro. So the idea of this like off season bench only type of thing is let's take a break from that. Let's let you chill. And then we'll come back to it and we're going to try and maybe build build more on the hamstrings, the quads, the stabilizers, calves, glutes, Mm -hmm. upper back, all that stuff. And then still train bench and try and go to that.
0: Now, when it comes to your raw squat versus an equipped squat, (laughs) did I, I was such a, I was more of a narrow stand squatter. So when I initially got into briefs, I'm like, yo, what? I felt like a baby giraffe on roller skates, right? (laughs) was, it was there that like that sort of, moment for you being like this is way fucking different or are you more of a wider stance
1: so when i first got into training and equipment i my raw squat was a lot wider than it is now um just because like that's all i ever knew and it worked for me so i didn't really steer too far away from it and i had the the hip flexibility and mobility to make it work um so the, the transition between the two wasn't like super weird. Obviously there was, there was some like friction and I had to learn like the balance and the flat shoes and the sitting back versus, you know, knee, uh, knee flexion, all that stuff. Um, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't anything too crazy. Now when I go back and forth, because my leverages have changed, I've put size on my legs, size on my back, hips aren't as mobile as they used to be. Um, my raw squat is a lot more narrow and then my, my geared squat is actually not as wide as it used to be. I used to be like, like a ballerina plie, spread eagle, toes turned out and everything. Now they're turned more in and kind of like stacked on itself. Um, but going back and forth now, I do have to take a little more time to readjust to the form and get back used to those motor patterns. Like it's still all up there, but sometimes the brain tells the muscles to do something and they might tell it that a little slower because you're not used to it. Mm.
0: And you, you almost have to sort through it. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, what page is that on? You're like looking, around, looking it's, around,
1: It's so much thinking in equipped lifting. Like I think about so many things mm-hmm. and raw lifting just kind of go and do it. I'll think I'll have like a little checklist, but equipped checklist, like, it's like a freaking like your a pilot checklist getting ready to take off. Like, okay,
0: yeah, landing gear, uh,
1: turn all lights on, whatever.
0: Mm. Now, with that, I mean, I, I want to touch on this as well. Is how often were you getting into like your squatsuit? Your, your, do you uh, pull in? You said you pulled raw at your last meet just because you weren't getting too much out.
1: Yeah, I did pull raw. So, like, if The last time that I did um, full power multiply me and I pulled sumo in a suit, like I was in my gear all week Mm -hmm. for like an entire prep. So maybe there was like one day here and there where I wouldn't be in my briefs or my suit just for a little like reprieve. Mm -hmm. But I was constantly in at least my briefs, at least, just because... And this is me specifically and not everyone's like this but like i need i need time logged in those things because they are so technical I can't just throw them on and be like yep yeah, it's like riding a bike no it's not because in that entire raw prep that i just did my leverage has changed whether i realize it or not my mobility changed maybe my hamstrings got tighter maybe my hips got wider or something like that. Maybe my upper back straps, like all kinds of things. so many different variables. So,
0: yeah. I, I, and it's interesting because I'm sure you get a ton of questions like, when should I put on wraps? When should I do this? When should I do that? Right? So what you're kind of saying is you kind of keep a, a base level, right? Just briefs, build up, get strong in those and add a layer as you get closer and closer and closer and closer um do you find that like for raw lifting obviously you start to feel your joints right you start to feel your (laughs) knees feel like shit your shoulders feel like shit your elbows feel like shit do you find yourself when you're training in your gear that it's more of almost like a neurological fatigue like you're less sore or is it just different
1: yeah it's um so i compare like if you've lifted raw, like you know what DOMS feels like, you know what a sore muscle feels like. So that's what that is. But when I'm in gear, in a gear prep, it's more of like energy fatigue. So just like what you said. So I, after I have like a, a, dynamic, lever, a dynamic lower in gear, I feel like I sat out in the sun all day mm-hmm. and was like sweating all day long. My skin hurts. And it's like that level of tired, like if you were at the pool or the beach all day and you come home and you're just like, I want to crash so hard. And then you sleep for like four hours. That's what that feels like for me.
0: Yeah. And that's, it's such a strange sensation. Like who hit me with a bus? Like everything just is just drained.
1: Yeah. Like I can still move. Like my muscles don't feel bad or my joints feel pretty decent, but like. I just want to lay around and sleep all day the next day.
0: How I feel, it's almost like you just lose that snappy sort of nature that you may have had going into it.
1: You get the brain fog too with that. Like the next day I will be like so slow on either responding to things or I just, I'm I'm not as sharp as I normally am with attention to detail or whatever, or just like, I don't know reacting. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I'm like, Oh, I just did a lot of that. I'm like my brain has not recovered.
0: <laughs> right. And it's that, and, it, and it's interesting because it, it, obviously you've been doing it for a while, but for those, again, those, those raw lifters, those people that ha- won't jump in gear or whatever, or won't have that experience, the, the amount of compression, like you can't even like describe it. Like when you first get it, like imagine like that first time you got into brace, And like, you're sitting back and you're like, oh, like this, like my body doesn't necessarily want to go to this place. But the first thing people tell you is go into the pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Just leaning into it because it's, it's incredibly uncomfortable. Like there's nothing comfortable about it. There's nothing appealing about the way that it feels aside from you just manhandling an insane amount of weight. And that has always won over for me. Like, I like that more than I like not feeling shitty.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's funny. I went to uh, I had a physical today, and I had like the doctor was like, "What the fuck happened to your thighs and your arms?" They're like, "Did you get attacked <sighs> by a tiger?" I was like, "Nope, it's my hobby."
1: <laughs> then playing a bench shirt to a doctor, and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, it cool was- story, bro."
0: yeah like and it's it, it's such a weird dynamic you're like all right so and i showed like i pulled my phone out i was like oh this is what it is and they're just like yeah. that looks silly like
1: what like it okay i just like it let me do the thing i like
0: but that's i mean that's a whole nother aspect and sort of avenue as well it's like there's physical evidence of you competing in multiply mm-hmm <laughs> and for people that don't get it, do <laughs> yeah. And it the shit hurts, the shit hurts all the time on your good days, it hurts, and on your bad days, it, it hurts like it just hurts all of the time.
1: Yeah, if it's not your, it's if it's not the pressure, then your skin hurts. If your skin doesn't hurt, then maybe your SI hurts or maybe your back hurts or something, elbow, whatever. It's all, I mean that, that could be said for the raw piece too, but like I've never been marked up by a spandex singlet. So (laughs) as tight and triumph, I have never been marked up by it.
0: Uh, So you had mentioned, and of course, knock on wood, like injuries have been to a minimum. Like you, you take a very athletic approach to your training Um, in terms of, your session sort of breakdown is like, do you spend a lot of time on mobility? Do you spend a lot of time on like the active recovery? Like, how does that break down for you? Because when you're for anybody that I talk to is like on higher end athletes, it's like you're dealing with weights that are really superhuman. Like, so it's like, you have to follow these that you have to let your body heal. You have to let your body kind of develop and and to just kind of, you can't just all gas, no brakes all the time, you'll explode. So, like, are you, are you getting, you know, dry needling? Like, are you doing all sorts of stuff, like, on your end, like a, like a high-end athlete should?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have, like, that military health care. So, <laughs> I uh, I go in, I see a PT. I actually just moved back to Ohio, so I need to get back in there again. But I'll get massages regularly. Um My PT will usually do some dry needling. There's a Cairo on base that I go to. Um, I do a lot of, like, our warm-ups are usually really good and dynamic, and it's a mix of sweating, athletic capability, heart rate up, and then also some form of recovery or, like, stretching or something like that. And then I'll do... I wish I had more access to it, but body tempering was my shit. I love that so much. I just don't have rollers and I also don't have a human here with me capable of putting rollers where I need them to go.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny cause I've obviously had awesome conversations with just amazing athletes like yourself and I'm noticing a, a, a trend of, you have to have a certain amount of, real interest in the, the nerdy shit in, in the process in like, you just can't be, there's no such thing as a high level, big, dumb meathead. Like, that's just not a thing. Yeah. You have to be somewhat
1: interested, even if it's just like one aspect of it. Like at the beginning, when I started, I didn't, I didn't care. Like I, Marcus was like, go bang your head against the wall for three sets of 10. And it'll make you stronger. I was like, okay, see ya. Um, But then I started becoming interested. I started asking why. I wanted to know why I was doing what I was doing. And he probably was so irritated with me. But then he finally, all right, shut up. I'm going to teach you. (laughs) So then kid became more of like he was the coach, but also the mentor who then helped turn me into a coach as well. And then I decided that I was going to go get my master's in exercise science, human performance. And that's when it really took off of like, okay this shit's interesting. Like it's it's biology, it's physics, it's chemistry, it's all of those things that can be quantified. But then on the other side, taking those quantifiables and applying it to someone who has the right stuff in between their ears to then turn it into something useful or successful. And I really, really loved that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, and it's it's cool to see because the the athletes and the coaches that kind of have that, Um, sort of the, the multitude of lenses they can look at situations through. They can like open up the Mm -hmm. toolbox and like assess a situation with different perspectives and different lenses. Those are the people Mm -hmm. that have the most success because uh, Marcus is your Marcus, your coach now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you and Marcus are not only, it's not a coach athlete anymore. Now it's like you had said, a mentor and a coach. So you're looking Mm -hmm. at your situation through a coach's lens, through an athlete's lens, through you are a master of yourself. It's like you know what you're feeling, and you have to be able to assess that. And now you can kind of give that information to him. He can assess it from a third-party perspective. And now it's just even more information and knowledge going into every decision that's made, which is oh, yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah, it's very
1: meta. <laughs> um, and I like one of the things, our, our coach-athlete relationship on that side of the house definitely became better once I started participating more in the learning side of things and the education side of things, because I was able to explain to him things way better on how I was feeling or like, it's very much a give and take because every day before I train, I go upstairs, we sit down at the little conference room table and we do a pre-brief before I go do my workout and we discuss what the workout is like, how are you feeling? What do you feel like we need to accomplish this today? How do we get there? And it's a back and forth of figuring out what that's going to look like. And it's been working out really well recently, especially since I came back here and we can do that in person. I love that. Not everyone has a chance to do that with their coach, but if you do, it's sick.
0: Absolutely. And and like you had said, that kind of just started with you just asking more questions, right? Mm-hmm. pretty simple
1: yeah and I love the so when I started going to elite that was then like another level up for me because then I got to hear Dave give people feedback I got to hear Todd let me know what he was seeing like just all of those different sets of trained eyes all looking at the same exact lift but all of them picking something different out that I was like shit I didn't even think of that I wasn't even looking down there I was looking up here and it's like If you want 360 degree feedback, like that's the place to go. And it was so cool. And now I just, I think of so many different things when I watch one of my lifters do something and I have so many different like tips and tricks to try and help explain stuff to them. And it's, it's wonderful.
0: And I think that's, that's an important point to kind of, to reiterate and kind of go deeper on is developing that language with your coach or your athletes. It's like understanding what things mean
1: hmm yeah the the communication aspect of it like you could have the best coach in the world and the the athlete with all of the potential in the world and if they don't communicate well with each other they're not going to do shit together like and that takes time there are so so many athletes that'll just coach bounce like change them out like fucking rolls of toilet paper and it's like no wonder you're not making any process you're not your progress you're not giving any one thing a chance to work its magic or like you're not taking that time like it's a relationship mm-hmm. like was it last night I texted Marcus and I had him take the 16 personalities quiz it like so like what are you an EFNP whatever and this is what I am and like just stupid shit like that obviously we have a friend relationship as well but like knowing what how that person responds and like what makes them tick and then vice versa. And then explaining how you're feeling as the athlete to your coach. Like that's so important. And if you guys can't come together and and make that happen, you're just spinning your tires. Mm.
0: And you see that a lot with lesser experienced coaches and athletes. It's almost like they're just spending their time yelling cues at each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like we're, Where Marcus can look at me a certain way and I'm just like, Oh, that's what that means.
0: (laughs) Or like you just get out from under the bar, you're like, I know, I know, I know. You don't even have
1: to say it. (laughs) Or like I'll to that pre pre pre-brief and I'll walk in the door and I don't say anything. He's like, All right, you're tired today, the blah blah blah, and he just like tells me how I'm feeling and then I get pissed because I'm like, You don't know me, and I'm like, Yeah, you do.
0: (laughs) I'm fucking complicated. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm really
0: complicated. No, I'm not complicated at all. <laughs> <I've>... No, hardly. <laughs> so one of the things that has kind of stood out as to to me in terms of you as an athlete and, and being able to train with you and, and see you kind of do the damn thing is is your overall sense of humor. And for anybody that follows you on Instagram, you are a an avid fan of memery avid fan of just the most ridiculous shit you've ever seen but like that is that's got to be part of just your training style anyway like you, you always look like you're enjoying yourself even on a hard set like you'll pop right out and all of a sudden it's you're just laughing you're having a good time how is that part of like how you get through some of this stuff
1: yeah i mean
0: I've always kind of been like that. Not that I don't have my, de- my bad days.
1: I definitely have my bad days. Um, and those are the ones that usually I'm like, I'm not talking to anyone today because I'm going to be an asshole to somebody. <laughs> um, but like, I always told myself the minute, second I start stop having fun is when I'm out. Like, it's not worth it anymore. If I'm not having fun, then why am I even doing it? You see people go to the gym and they just have... This sourpuss look on their face. They do nothing but complain. They're bitching about their lifts. And they're like, I'm not getting any better. Or like, that was like shit. Or, you know, I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. And they're just, they don't look like they want to be there. And I'm like, nobody's forcing you to be here. <laughs> so I constantly go back to that. And I'm like, I, I love doing it. So I'm going to have a good time. And nine times out of 10, like, I've been really lucky with the type of people I've gotten to be surrounded with in lifting. Like you guys at elite, awesome group, super funny. Like you guys all have that good dark humor going on there and all kind of meshes really well. Like Jimmy's crew. Oh my God. The fart jokes, like just constantly. And I will never not think farts are funny So, Just memes, everything. And we just, you get a good group and you, you mesh with them, and you're gonna have fun no matter what. And that's just that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I have a good time. Absolutely. Till I stop, I'm when I stop having a good time. Like I just stop. I gotta do something else.
0: And it, I mean, it, it helps because, like you had said, like this, whether it's multiply or, or whatever. Like, it, more specifically with geared lifting, it's like that shit hurts. It's like you have to have a certain twisted sense of humor to be be like, yeah. right, I'm gonna put on my party pants. And we're gonna see Are what ha- what the fuck happens here.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're I, I, They're special. We're special. I don't know what's wrong with us, but it's something's something's off mm-hmm. with all of us. Just
0: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And it's it it's it's really cool to see because it, it it's those experiences that connect people. It's those experiences. It's like that. It's like regardless of what geared gym I step into, or you step into, you can you can communicate using the same language. You can mm-hmm. you can help. You can throw yourself in there. It's like it, it, you're you're having the same conversations. One of the one of the yeah. things uh, that me and the media team did on my last few months at a, when I was working at Elite is we did a poll, and it was like seventy five percent or seventy eight percent of, of the, the viewership of Elite trains by themselves. Like That's why. By themselves. And they will, and the majority of them were in commercial gyms training by themselves. Wow.
1: I wouldn't, I, so I, I, I expected a little bit of that, but not that big of a percentage.
0: Mm-hmm. And, the, and it's That's, the training crew has seemingly has gone the way of the dodo in terms of the majority right like you talk Mm -hmm. about jimmy cobb and like that crew and elite like it's it's like all these kind of old school sort of training crews but like that is Mm -hmm. the minority when it comes to training and it's it's kind of jarring it's like does everybody just have their fucking headphones on doing the same programs not talking to each other like what the fuck is happening
1: yeah it's weird it's that's kind of, so I spent the last week in Alabama for work and I had to train it like this on bases, like a CrossFit box, basically They they had the, I got it done, but that's how it was in there. And I'm just like, I'm not used to this. Granted, I'm only doing bodybuilding stuff, but you guys are just going through the motions. And not that that's a bad thing. Like that works for some people. Don't get me wrong. Like you do you, but the amount of Good shit that I've gotten out of having good training partners and like that those crews, there's so, so many workouts I had where I probably wouldn't have attempted any of the things that I like did that day if it wasn't for them being there and like getting pushed out of my comfort zone and like being told, yeah, you can do that. I don't know why you don't think you can do that. I just saw you do this and getting that little like confidence card and that's how you grow. And you can, I don't know, in my opinion, you can only get so far with the headphones in and the blinders on Mm
0: -hmm. and you got to have. Yeah. And it's frustrating too, because like you had said, like it's hard to be the new person in a new group, and to like, if you're you're surrounded by absolute fucking phenoms, like meatheads, just strong, huge people, it's like you don't ever want to feel like you're the weakest. You don't want ever feel like you're the new guy. You don't want to feel stupid. You don't want to feel. But like the really awesome training crews will be like, hey, hey, come on, like we're you're 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 gonna hey, do the thing. Want to see it? You. <laughs>
1: Travis Rogers, so Travis, I mean, you talked to him, he's, he's in single ply now and is freaking crushing in there. I think he just got an F8, but his wife, Jess, I've been helping her. She's been putting on gear, bench shirts, like single ply, multi-ply. She just did like a single ply deadlift only meet. And, um, like that's, that's just constant. That's how I am. That's how most people, and I'm sure you like
0: you, I have your bench shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And I'm so excited for you to fucking use it. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck
1: yeah. Right. Cause like, it's just the people in this community will literally give you the shirt off their back. If it may, if it means you being in this side of our like weird sport, mm-hmm. because we want to grow it. Like, I'm not trying to push people out of it. I understand if it's not someone's thing and I'm not going to be like a turd about it and be like, well, mm, you raw elitist. Cause some people are like that and they suck.
0: <laughs> oh, I agree. And that's, that's an yeah. interesting story about that, that band shirt. I got so, I got so much more excited watching you use it than ever. any time I've ever fucking put that thing on ever, ever in my, ever in my life.
1: I totally know what you're saying. I put one of my training partners. So I brought my training part. One of them, Chrissy to elite, I think two weeks, the weekend, the weekend after you drove out, mm-hmm. cause she hasn't been in a bench shirt only, but a couple times I was like, why don't you come to elite? I'll ask Dave we'll get in your shirt. You'll have so many eyes on you and you'll have a bunch of help. And I put her in one of my evil twins. That's way too small for me, but I was so excited. Cause I'm like, I had this thing and now it fits you and you're doing well
0: in it. And it's just like,
1: I don't know. You just, you get pumped for people mm-hmm. like that.
0: And, and like you had said that the community will give you the shirt off their back, give you their briefs. Give it. It's like, I haven't, and this is no bullshit, like not because of any particular thing. It's like, all of my gear was somebody else's that they gave me because they're like, here, this will fit. Do this. Like, Rob custom-made my briefs for me. Like, he gave me briefs, and then he was like, oh, I can make those tighter for you. I can change this. And then it's like, he, I sent them to him. He sent them to back. Like, I was like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck is going on? Doug Heath gave me a squat suit, and he was like, one of my athletes squatted a 1,000 of this. I was like, what the fuck do you want me to do with it? <laughs> On its legacy, son. <laughs> it's like I better change the batteries in this fucking thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. My first bench shirt that I not my first S D P that I got um was from Amy Weisberger. And she was like she came to the gym. So she her my coach, she and Marcus were training partners at West Side. She I don't know remember why she was at the gym. I think maybe Laura did a seminar with us or something. But she was like, Oh, I have one that'll fit you. And she grabbed it out of the back of the trunk of her car. I forget whose it was before that. I tried it on. I was like, this is perfect. It's gonna fit really well. And then I was like, How much do you want for it? She's like, uh, nothing, just bench big in it. And I'm like, oh, Are you serious? These are like four hundred dollars, Amy, or whatever they are. Yeah.
0: It- and that's
1: just how it is. Then I took mine and I gave it to Val Oliveira because I'm like, This one doesn't fit. You need one now too. Like it's it's a the freaking sisterhood of the traveling bench shirt all the time
0: <laughs> because it's, it's one of those things where it, like it, passing on a, a piece of equipment is so much cooler because you know what it takes to use it. And then you can help educate somebody else on that as well. Right. It's like, okay, yeah. it's, this is probably going to feel like this, 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 this week, we can do this. And it's like, it almost expedites the the process for that person. Oh, yeah. It's like every layer of that gets faster and faster and more efficient.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with the training. Marks and I were talking about this the other day. Like People are doing so well in training on raw and equipped right now with like injury prevention and pushing those numbers because we had all of our predecessors and the people before them who did the hard work and the trial and error and figured it out. And then they passed on their tips and tricks to them. And then they passed on their tips and tricks to us. And we're just like fine tuning and evolving the machine to, I mean, I don't think there's an end in sight, but it's just gonna keep getting better and better because of that.
0: Mm. And, and, and it's funny cause like I, I've competed in multiply twice. And like, mm-hmm. I, I got the most concentrated dose of multiply education anybody ever could because like I wa- I literally walk into Elite. It was a, it started with a joke. Adam was like, "It'd be so fun if like we got you in a pair of briefs." I go, "Yeah, fuck it, be- give me the stupid orange ones." And it was just like, "Oh, here you go." And like I blink, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "How am I covered in everything?" Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's it's uh, it, it's funny because like you had said, the education component. It's it's like you just get this fire hose of information and mm-hmm. now it's like not just from one person it's whoever that person learned from and that person learned from and, and the experiences they kind of absorbed along the way and it mm-hmm. like 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 you had said like the first time i got into one of rob's shirts it was just like 550 i was like what the fuck is i was like this is this is that's weird. what i <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There was a there was actually a point. There was a fucking point and fucking Dave and Adam were going to kick me sk- actually square in the nuts if I benched more than I squatted at the meet. <laughs> oh,
1: that's so funny. I imagine them having this conversation, this is the exact conversation
0: about it <laughs> directly in like, front of me. They're just letting me know. They were just like, "Yeah, d- kick- like
1: Next time you come in here, it's happening.
0: Yeah. So I was like, don't you worry. I'll drop this bar square in my jaw on my next meet. Don't you worry about a damn thing.
1: Oh, this.
0: Uh, But yeah, it, it's, I, and I, and every time I have somebody on here and this is why I wanted to start my own, my own podcast is to talk to people that I truly believe are doing amazing things for the sport, for the community, for, for just pushing athletics farther like you're doing shit that i am like so fucking fired up for like to watch your like to with with your meet coming up your bench only meet i'm gonna be like i know that fucking shirt that shirt i know has so much more fucking potential in it i ain't gonna do it as long as amber does it i'm cool with it like i don't give a shit but in (laughs) that But it, I, I give you I give you the utmost respect and credit for what you do, how you do it, because it's it is you truly are a beacon in the world of strength sports of of someone I'm Thank always you. going to push people towards, and I'm like you're gonna learn something from her, you're gonna fucking smile and laugh doing it, and <laughs> like you're gonna be blown away with how strong she is in whatever version of lifting that she's doing and as a training partner lucky enough to be your training partner for just a little bit it's like if you have any questions go to her she's one of our people you know what i mean like she regardless of where anybody is regardless of you know what if they're competing or not there's a short list of people that we can have those conversations with that i know that if i send somebody that's in the area is like, I want to try gear. I want to try fucking bench shirts. I want to try, fuck, I just want to get into raw lifting. And it's like, these, are, go here. Just just cut the bullshit go here. Yeah. And you
1: know, like that initial thing, I know exactly what I mean. That initial thing when someone thinks they might want to try something, if you send them to the wrong person, they'll never fucking do any of it. And that's why it's so important to like vet your, your network and send them to a you a dave a, um a top marcus or someone who's gonna be encouraging and not just be like oh you're not ready for that yet which might be the answer however maybe don't like say that to them but maybe say hey we can get you there mm-hmm. let's start here mm-hmm. and then they're still excited but they're not like discouraged or they're like, Oh, I'm not good enough for that. Or I'm not good enough to sign up. I'm not strong enough to sign up for meat yet. That's like what you hear on the wrong raw, raw side. And it's like, don't, don't piss in someone's Wheaties and people do it unknowingly too. Cause there's a bunch of crusty fuckers in this side. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> but a positive presence that, you know, you can send someone to and they, they might, they don't have all the answers, but they'll be able to like get someone started on the right track or just be nice to them.
0: (laughs) Well, right. And it, and it's, and you need to be surrounded by those people that are encouraging, right? Not Mm -hmm. like wildly unrealistic, like you had said, like not if, 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 yeah. And it, and if it, if we can get to a point where like, for example, when I first figured out how to like the first time I ever touched in a poly shirt, I thought I was, (sighs) holy shit. I thought I won the fucking lottery. I popped up off oh. the bench and I looked around and <laughs> to this day. There were two times when I first, I, I got the, the band shirt figured out for the first time
1: mm-hmm.
0: I popped up and I still remember everybody looking at me and I was looking around. And I go happy learned how to bench. Like I just, <laughs> just like God, oh, great movie, right? But like but then the first time I was in the poly, I popped up. I was like, "I get it. I fucking get it. I uh, I get it. I understand why you do this shit." Yep, yeah. yeah, and I because it's
1: hard to oh. certain, and then when you achieve it, you're just like, "It's you just feel so good. Like you did something. Like it
0: wasn't even in a meet, but like who the fuck cares? Like you did a thing that not a lot of people can do." Mm-hmm. And you see that. When somebody tries it for the first time, they pop up and their eyes are this big. They're like, what the fuck just happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's so fun to watch. Because they're either, like, everyone that I've worked with has ended up loving it. But they have some shit to say about the first few times that they do it. And
0: they're just like,
1: what the fuck is all this? Like, I still, I'm coming back
0: for more, but what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, and and it's funny. I, I I popped up and I was like, Dave, this powerlifting thing—you should try it. You should fucking try <laughs> that.
1: Did you ever think about powerlifting?
0: Yeah. I was like, I'm sure there's, ma- a, I'm sure there's a super masters division for you or something. <laughs> ma- the masters match oh. cancels
1: itself. In the open.
0: <laughs> oh holy shit! Well, Amber, I can't thank you enough for jumping on. Absolute pleasure. Um, where can, where can people kind of stalk you on the internet and <laughs> <don't> stalk <stop> me?
1: <laughs> I mean, my page is isn't private or yeah, isn't private. It's public, so I guess you could, mm-hmm. but you're gonna get a bunch of stupid ass memes and some lifting and maybe some roller skating. Love that. Love that.
0: Um, um, get
1: Amber with two R's dot Alice, and that's really the only one I'm active on. So. Okay.
0: Perfect. I'll put that in the show notes for everybody. I like I said, I, I can't thank you enough. You're doing amazing, amazing things, not only as a competitor, but also as a member of the community, as a, a figurehead in the sport. And it's it's really, really cool to see. It's really, really cool to be able to have been a part of just training with you for a short amount of time. But I know yeah, if, like what? if if there is if there is anybody looking to get into uh, either multiply lifting or lifting in general. Like I said, you're going to be one of the people that I send them to, to you know, just get to get the lay of the land.
1: Heck yeah, I answer all kinds of DMs, just not the send bobs and. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> exactly what I'm talking
0: about. Yeah, I do. Oh shit! So, all right, guys, thank you very much for checking out this episode. Uh, we will see you in the next one.